in front of you in your pew, you'll find a connection card. I'm going to have one on me. Someone lift up a connection card. All right, Pastor Corey. Thank you. Your, the connection card in front of you in your pew, if you would um, take one of those out and, and uh, give us some information and just uh, leave it on your pew when you leave. Especially if this is your first, second time, we'd really appreciate to know that you're here. So, uh, and as you're doing that, then you, know, you can turn over to the backside and there's ways you can communicate to us if there's any way we can be of service to you. As you're doing that, let me just mention a couple of things here. Um, we have lunch after service as usual, college and young adults today at 1.30, uh, just different things coming up. And, and also remember that the General Assembly, in other words, the denomination that we're in, they're going to have a meeting here at this church in July, and uh, that's uh, Friday, July 14th, and Saturday, July 15th. And any of you, you are welcome to attend. Uh, that will be here on Friday and Saturday in mid-July. There's a sign-up sheet at the Pretzel Kiosk. That's at the end of the hallway, right at the corner there before you get to the social hall. And that is a meeting where there are delegates from the 15 churches in the conference that we are a member of, and they will be meeting here. And uh, we'll have a two-day meeting. And uh, a lot of it is not business. A lot of it is going to be more, uh, there's going to be some uh, teaching from the Bible. Uh, there's actually going to be a group, as I understand, from Brazil, a youth group from Brazil that's going to be here, and they're going to be um, doing some worship leading and things like that. So it'll be a, an enjoyable time. At the very least, it's a time when you can understand about the conference that this church is in. And uh, we're a very unique church in this conference because we're, we're really one of, uh, probably the only community church because I think some of you understand that this church was, was uh, this conference or was founded by Japanese immigrants. And uh, so they spoke nothing but Japanese, and as time went on, they had a Japanese and English ministry. So a lot of the churches in this conference, are, are um, uh, their target group, they're, they're trying to reach our Japanese. And we're one of the few churches, if not the only one, that we've opened our doors wide to become a community church. Okay, so let's turn to the book of Ephesians. We're in our next to the last lesson from the book of Ephesians. We know this is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus while he is most likely in a Roman prison. And um, uh, we're going to talk today about what God says about the Christian marriage. So if you look at Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 21 through 25. 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Let's pray. Father, as we go through these verses, um, short verses but very clear and very directive on how you see marriage to be, for it to be a marriage blessed by you. So, Father, we ask that you open our eyes, open our ears to this teaching, 
And Father, no matter where we're at in regards to marriage, no matter whether we're married, single, been married 40 years, or just started, Father, may this, uh, these, these truths speak to us in a special way. Thank you, Lord. I ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, for the most part, um, we gravitate toward stories that have this happily ever after type of theme. Um, there's so many cartoons even, you know, all this Disney stuff, happily ever after, you know, where you, we grew up with Cinderella getting the prince and, and even Shrek getting Fiona. And, um, you know, living happily ever after, when we really think of the reality of it, especially as we get older, we understand there are no guarantees, that there's only so much that's in our control. But when we talk about marriage, biblical marriage, we always have to remember that, that there, there, there are things that we can do in life that are acceptable in the way we do them. But there are also other ways we can do in life that are the way they're supposed to be done according to, the, to, to how, let's say, God describes it to be. See, marriage was instituted by God. If you believe the Bible, then you believe that marriage, is a, God is the one who started it all. And there is an acceptable way to do marriage his way, which we would have to consider the best way. Now, if you're not married, if you're know, if, 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 uh, if you far from being married or whatever your situation is, I, I hope that you will, will, will be able to embrace these truths. Because as Christians, we have to understand God's truth, especially in this tough world where God wants us to be his ambassadors. There are going to be times when you may have questions or someone around you, family or friends, may even have questions about what does the Bible say about marriage? And you, being a Christian, you should be able to shed a little bit of light on that. But also, you know, just understand that there's some really truth in the principles here that touch upon other areas of our Christian life. And, and, and then on, on top of that, when you think of, of parents or even grandparents, you know, the Bible talks very clearly about the advantage, or let's say the blessing uh, and the mandate, really, of a Christian marrying a Christian. And when we get into these truths today, you're going to understand why uh, that makes such a difference when a Christian marries a Christian. So let's get into this a little bit. And for us to really start off in talking about marriage God's way, we really have to take kind of a step back and we have to look at really the bigger picture what God wants for his church. When I say his church, that means all of us. All those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, you know, they, we make up the church, the body of Christ, the visible body of Christ to the world today. So for us to step back and get that bigger picture, and that bigger picture leads right into our understanding of what, what what uh, Paul's going to talk about in regards to marriage, look at verse 21 of chapter 5. Paul wrote, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This whole idea of submission is really one of the key things of Christianity as a whole. Submission is what makes the church different in the world. For you to say, I'm a Christian, you have already taken that step of submission and saying, I see Jesus Christ as my Lord. 
I am taking a position of submission to him. And that is fundamental in Christianity. If you can't grab onto that, if you said, I don't want to do that, then you're out. It's that simple. When we talk about lordship, it cannot involve anything short of submission to that lordship. And so that's where this starts. This whole idea of, of, of marriage has to start with this spirit and willingness to submit to your good and loving God. See, this is what makes this so different than what many times we think of what, this, what marriage and what life should be here in our society. See, when Paul mentions this in verse 21 of submitting to one another, realize that this is just one of four evidences he talks about in chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul mentions four evidences, and he's saying, hey, these are evidences that if we see these in a person's life, it shows that they are trying to live for God. They are trying to live that spiritual life. Like, I'm not going to go into the verses, but in chapter 5, the first thing he mentions is boldness in, re in rebuking sin. If you are, are bold, if you are, are, have that courage to talk against sin and go against sin, that shows that you have God's spirit. Number two, having God's power for service, to serve the Lord and to serve in the spirit, that's, that's evidence, that shows uh, that God is working through you. And there's fruitfulness in that. Number three, generosity. Now, that's a big thing in Christianity. The Lord is generous toward us. God wants us to have generous hearts to those that we come in contact with. And I truly believe there are times when God will bring people to that Christian, wanting that Christian to show that generosity. Because God has been generous to us. And number four, submission to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submission is, is not a natural response to life because by our own human nature, we live for self. We just live for ourselves. That's generally human nature. Oh, certainly you have your family, you love them, and you do all these different things, but generally, if you're by yourself, you're living for self. That's, that's our our fallen nature. We live for self. And, and submission is, is seen in the life of the Christian. It has to be, because that's the thing that separates us from the world. That submission to the Lord and submission to a different truth than what the world is, is saying is true. We see that in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Submission to God's will. Christ, right there. You know, I, 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 football season's coming. I really enjoy football. You know? And I remember this story about uh, some of you who follow college football. Chris Peterson, who's a, who's a coach at the uh, University of Washington. I think this is his, what, second season, third season? Come up, I don't know. But uh, Chris Peterson, when he first got to the University of Washington, I think from Boise, uh, uh, Boise State, he went there and he really just talked to his team and his coaching staff and said, you know what, we need to be on the same page 
And we want, we want to be working together for a winning season. And, and you're going to have to, 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 to put aside yourself and, and to step forward in this way. And so one of the things he, he, he makes them do is that in practice and things, that he, he asks them to go really 100% in practice, and they're banging heads and, 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 and hitting each other hard, and sometimes the, the tempers flare. And sometimes his players will get into fist fights and they'll just start having at it with one another. And Chris Peterson says, stop everything. He'll pull these guys out. And he says, okay, hold each other's hand. And he makes them walk around the field holding each other's hand. <laughs> round and around while everyone else is practicing. Now, to, for, a guy, for these big guys to do that, that takes submission. Submission to their team, submission to, to the whole way of winning. And see, that's part of Christianity too. If you want to live the life of Christ, if you want to live that winning life of Christ, then you have to understand that submission is a big part of it. But let's go on to this because Paul is sharing this and it leads into his teaching for a husband and wife. Leads right into it. Let's look at verse. 22 and to 24, those verses. Paul wrote, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Boy, those are tough words in some ways when you really just take them just for it by reading it there. But what is Paul really saying here? See, Paul never says to the husband, you know, you are the president. Everyone does what you say. He's not saying that. Paul is not saying here that you are superior in any way and your wife is inferior. There's no way in that. Paul is not even saying that, husband, you're really even the best choice. Because we know, ladies, we know that's not the truth, right? The husband isn't always the best leader. The husband is always the one with the best ideas. The husband is the one that, that, that has the best judgment. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying that God's order of authority in the Christian family begins with the husband. As Christ is the head of the church, husbands need to be that head in the family. Now let me share with you some thoughts about submission. A couple of these thoughts from, come from this guy named Kevin Miller. I wrote an article on him. read this article. Submission is personal. And I thought about that, and that is so true. See, in marriage, no one can force you to submit to your spouse. No one. If, you, if someone does that, then it's not with the right heart. It's not God's way. It has to be a choice. And see, see, Paul first addresses the wife. Then he addresses the husbands, and we're going to come to them later on. Paul isn't saying, saying, husbands, tell your wife to submit. He's not saying, tell your wives to yield. Tell your wives that you are the chosen one. That's not what Paul is saying here. Nor is Paul saying to the wives, wives, tell your husband to get their act together. Come on, husband, get your big boy pants on and take leadership in this family. No, that, that is not what, what Paul is saying here. 
See, Paul makes it clear that in their obedience, the wife and husband are submitting to God. Each one has to make that decision to do so. I think most of you know, and I've shared this before, that, that my wife Amy and I, we got married pretty young. And we were just immature, stupid kids. And uh, man, did we have tempers. Oh, gosh. You know, we, had, we both had tempers. And you know, after six months, I wanted out. You know, I wanted out of this. How do I get out of this? And, and, and right about that time, we started to attend a Bible study. And, um, and it's during this Bible study, as we're going week after week after week, one night at this Bible study, out of the blue, completely unexpected, my wife prays to accept Christ into her life as her Savior. The next morning, it was like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You guys know that movie? I wake up and my wife isn't the same woman. Someone's there, some stranger's there. And she's really nice. <laughs> you know, so she's, it's just so different, but in a nice way. And, and I'll be honest, that was the first time I understood how God can really make change in a person's life. And it had to do with what? That step of submission that she took to have Christ in her life and say, yes, I want Jesus as my Lord. See, submission is a personal choice. Personal choice. God can change things. And when a spouse, or even better yet, a, a Christian couple turn to God, you know, God can, can bless the marriage in ways they would never know until they allow him to work in that marriage. You know, a lot of the stuff about this marriage stuff are, are, are truths, but it doesn't give details. It doesn't give details on how things are going to change or what how, how you have to submit, you have to start taking out the garbage, or you have to start walking the dog, or stuff like that. It's, it's, there's no details involved there. Submission. But let's go on, because we'll get into that again. Submission is, is mutual in God's marriage. as husband and wife. To God, while Paul wrote, submit as Christ is the head of the church. Right? Submit as Christ is the head of the church. In a Christian marriage, submission is ultimately to Christ. And the word submission here, in wives submit to your husband, realize that's in the original language Greek, that's not a command. Paul isn't mandated you do this. It is a, it is an, a, 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 that's an encouragement. But earlier in the chapter, when you look at Ephesians chapter 5, and, and you look at verse 18, Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is a command. That isn't a text saying, there's no choice in this. You need to do this. And so what Paul is saying here is that when we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, that allows you to submit in the proper way in God's marriage. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? To say, 
God, take over. Help me out. Take over. I want to go with God's leading. I want to go. I want to be sensitive. I want to. I want my marriage to be Holy Spirit blessed. I want the Holy Spirit to take over. Work through me. Guide me. Help me move in the right way. See, God doesn't do micromanagement in marriage. He doesn't do micromanagement in marriage. He doesn't say, like, you got to do this and you got to do that. And, you know, it's time for you to wash the dishes. Guys, it's time for you to, you know, to, to take care of the baby. No. He says, no, you come under the, the leading of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will lead you in what you need to do to align with how God wants your marriage to be. See, a Christian marriage is mutual submission. It's just as husband and wife. So let's get to the husbands now here because the husbands is a little different. It involves submission, but it also involves responsibility. Look at verses 25 to 26. Paul wrote, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by wash the washing with water through the word. God knows this. If you believe the Bible, God is your creator. God created us. He understands that at the core of every man is the need to be respected. So when the wife submits to the man's leadership, it shows respect for the husband. And that puts into play the responsibility God has given the man, which is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. See, God, God understands that at the core of every woman is the importance of feeling love. Man is to love his wife and, and demonstrate that love by putting her first. Putting her desires, her, her needs ahead of his own as Christ sacrificed for the church. For a man to be a Christian husband required to put his wife's needs and desires frontal lobe, right there. Always there in his mind. I don't do this. I know I fall short. And, And that's really... Part of the wonderful hope of Christianity is it's never too late to, to keep tweaking things and changing things and, and trying to get better in these things. Because these things aren't always big ticket items. Sometimes they're tiny little small daily little things that are done in love. Tiny little small daily things that are done with, done with the, the, the desire to encourage your wife. To build her up. Put that smile on her face. The man's responsibility is to lead her to be what? In, in these verses, to be holy. What does that mean? That means that husband has to understand that he is an example to lead his family separated for God. Not just go the route that everyone else is going, but to, but to live that life that is separated for God. 
and to live that example thus far in that way. To bring truth into his household, it talks about the, the, the word being in the household to build her up. God's truth in, in the house to build her up morally, spiritually, as Jesus did for the church. See, on one hand, we have what? Wives submit to your husband. On the other hand, we have husbands submit to the well-being of your wife and put her first. Man, that's, that's pretty even there. And, and that's how God wants it to be. That, that they're equally needed for a marriage to work in God's way. If it's just one, it is not going to work. It's mutual. You know, when we think about this whole idea of submission, is really so foreign to a lot, a lot of the, the mindset of this world. You know, and it can only come through the Holy Spirit, and it can only be done, in most cases, in little steps. But it has to start with a desire to, uh, to say, yeah, I do buy into that marriage done God's way is the best way. Got to buy into that. If you don't, hey, you're not going to do anything about it. But when you do, you'll see. God will give you the eyes to see little ways you can tweak things and, and, and change things and move, and move the relationship maybe in a different course. See, God's ways are radical no matter what your culture or century. Look, look at Paul. When Paul taught this, think, think of how the Middle East is in the relationship to husband and wife in the Middle East today. Think how it must have been when Paul taught these words back in that time and how Middle East culture was. Radical. You know, these teachings we're talking about today are radical for any culture and any century. Let me close with this verse. John 15, 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Now think about it. In, mar in your marriage, are there things you do, are there patterns of things that you say or do or not do that really have no fruit? They're not really fruitful. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. In other words, this is saying when you submit to God, God would help you get rid of some of these things that are not fruitful in your marriage. And when you submit to God, God is going to help enhance and build up and use it in a greater way those things that are a blessing to your marriage. See, that's, that's one of God's great promises. You know, I look at this verse, and I, and I pray, may this describe the Christian marriages in this church. Marriage in that process of becoming better and better. Beloved, that's God's way. Someone asked you about it, that's God's way. You want something for your, your daughter, your grandchild, grandson? Hey, this is God's way. Want it for them. Help them understand it. They don't have to buy into what society says. This is God's way. See, life is tough. We as adults understand life is tough. Life is challenging. Marriage could be a tough thing. Someone may want to throw in the towel after six months. Right? 
But when a marriage is on the right path and there's hope by both husband and wife, man, it could be the most blessed thing on this earth. So however our marriage is going, let's leave today knowing God can make it better. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We take this because you're the one who, who instituted marriage. You had that plan uh, for marriage before you even uh, brought it to our attention, Lord. And so, Father, we look to you as the maker and finisher of all good things. And so, Father, we pray that our hearts will be open and our hearts will be moldable to the truth that, that you have in your word. So thank you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name.